Welcome everybody to the Moves Room. OG3 here today. We're talking about pregnancy diagnosis today. We're talking about all the different ways you can preg check cows, why you should preg check cows, uh, all the different reasons we do that. Yeah, Emily and Brad are both here. It feels good yeah. to have all three of us here yet again. That's two weeks yeah. in a row. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And we are we're getting away from mastitis. We had two in a row on mastitis. We'll be back to it, I'm sure, but just need a quick break, and that's why we're switching up the topic. There's not not a whole lot of lead into this, I guess. It's just how yeah, can just, you just go for it? Yeah, there, there's pregnancy just a... and cows. To clarify, but we're just talking about cattle. Today. We're talking about cows. Yeah, that's yeah, that's yeah, a yeah, that's yeah, a big yeah. clarification. Yeah, right. Yeah. So there's there's four ways that come to mind right away for pregnancy diagnosis. There is palpation, so just palpation with your hand, uh, transrectal palpation. Uh, and then there's the same kind of thing, but you include an ultrasound. So you can see that image through the rectum and see the actual uterus on the ultrasound. And then we have milk and blood tests available to us as well now. There is a fifth way to know if a cow is pregnant. When she's in labor and you see hooves coming oh, out. Oh, that's true, true. If you see the if you see the calf coming out, she's pregnant. Yeah, that's you see hooves. You, you, can, <laughs> you can you can you can bump the calf too, you know. That's you know, true, it's true. it's but yeah. this is okay. this is long before we get there. I should <laughs> I should have clarified early pregnancy <laughs> diagnosis when yeah, it matters yeah, and yeah. you and you need yeah, to make yeah. the decision anyway. Right. If you are not specific, <laughs> I will call you on it. I, I know, I know. It's just a it's a thing. I need to work on it because Emily's helping me. She's helping me work on I'm being more specific. I'm your guide. That's it. So yes, you can bump a cow. That usually doesn't happen until about seven months, or you can actually feel the calf in there by sloshing everything around and feeling something in there. And yes, if there is feet sticking out the back end, she's probably pregnant as well. But early pregnancy diagnosis, when it matters that you need to know if they're open or they're not, or they're pregnant. Uh, there's the four ways that I said briefly, you know, as far as limitations for each uh, by hand, uh, I am personally comfortable down to 30, 32 days by hand. And that's just using my hand. Now that changes for every veterinarian. And, and, and if I'm, if I wanted to be, you know, hundred percent safe, I would say, you know, 32 days is a cutoff to be able to, to be able to tell by hand. Then with ultrasound, I, I I personally am comfortable down to 28 days. I know some veterinarians that are more comfortable lower than that. Uh, I'm just I'm just not one of them. I, I think it's pretty dicey at that point. I um, push the limit. I push the limit on that. I want our vet to do it at 26 days, and she will. But it's not always perfect. It, it, it's not. It's it it, right. it it gets a little tough. Um, that calf can hide. I mean, they're absolutely just minuscule at that point you know even at 28 days we're talking about something that's a tenth of a centimeter so you know it, it's just tiny tiny so a millimeter long uh that's that's a pretty small thing to be looking for at 28 days yeah that's limitation there now the the milk and the blood test we're going to kind of talk about them together very similar test as far as how they're looking at it and how the numbers match up as far as how good they are at testing so we're just going to talk about them together. It's just a difference on how you collect it. Obviously, uh, getting milk out of a dairy cow is pretty easy. Getting milk out of a beef cow is uh, dangerous. Not something I would want to do. Yeah. <laughs> no, some people's cows maybe. Uh, most people's cows, yeah, no. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Very, very dangerous. You know, if you got really tame, beautiful Herefords, maybe yeah. then then you can get some milk. But 
I don't think it's safe anyway. So uh, that's why we are including blood as well. Uh, and then heifers too. You, if you obviously heifers aren't milking, so you're going to need the blood for pregnancy diagnosis if you're going to use that on heifers. Those are both listed as being accurate at, at starting at 20, 28 days. But if you look at some of the literature when they're looking at sensitivity and specificity and how accurate these tests are, they're looking at it. Most of the data is for somewhere around 35 days starting with those tests. What, what should we do? What, yeah, which, Dr. Which one should, exactly. I am I'll super, tell, tell, I'm super uh, biased. I will give you my opinion, of course, as usual. Oh, yeah. Let's, oh, okay. Yes. Do you want mine first so you can then refute yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's right. Let's, let's have yours first. Okay. So my, mine is biased. Obviously, I'm a veterinarian. Um, I think there's a value to having a veterinarian on the farm regularly. And there's a reason that we don't call it, we're, we're trying to call it herd health check, right? We're not there to just preg check. We're there to help with everything else that's going on, on the farm, see things that are there regularly, talk with a farmer. I think there's a almost more value in talking during preg check than there is in the pregnancy check itself. I'm biased. I want a reason for that vet to be there regularly and ultrasound is more accurate than the other methods. So I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of, of transrectal ultrasound it's still the gold standard in my mind as far as what you should be doing. And it doesn't cost any more than, than regular palpation for most veterinarians. So I, I, I think that's the way to go. What's yours, Bradley? Um, Tell me Bradley. what's up. <laughs> so lots of things. I think every method uh, can be used. And I'll tell you why. We, we have used all methods and still continue to use ultrasound, blood, and milk. And Here's why. So I agree with you. I think ultrasound is great. And I think we should have the veterinarian do ultrasound. The issue with milk and blood is they don't tell you what's happening on a CL, a follicle, anything like that. So the veterinarian can tell you what the ovarian structures are. And that's a benefit if, if you want to start a cow on a sink program, whatever, you can tell where they are. So that's the benefit of, in my mind, the, the ultrasound. Uh, we use milk and blood. I use, I just looking at a preg check. Uh, so during our DHI testing, we'll get milk samples and we'll run them through pregnancy test. I think they're four or $6. I can't remember what it is, but relatively cheap. And you get back some, but I look on the, we, we preg checked a hundred the other day on milk and I got 20 cows that are rechecked. So I don't know what they are. And we use blood for heifers. Uh, we'll use blood for a sort of final preg check somewhere maybe five months, six, four or five months uh, post-breeding. We'll use a blood to sort of confirm pregnancy or we'll use milk to see if they're pregnant because we don't want to dry off cows that are open. So we've we've sort of progressed and, and are using uh, a lot of different methods. Uh, I do like the blood best. I think the blood does a much better job than milk. Milk is easy because, you know, they take it on test day and off you go. With ultrasound, I like fetal sexing too. So if, if you can have a veterinarian that's very good at fetal sexing, uh, that's a good thing. Uh, some, are, some, some like to do that. Some don't like to fetal sex. It, it depends on the, the veterinarian and if they're confident in it or not. Yeah, I, I, I agree. There, there is a place for every one of them. If I had to pick one, it'd be ultrasound because of the added information you get. Uh, I can also tell you about twins, you know, so that's yep. something you're not going to get with a, a, a milk or blood test. 
I can tell you fetal sex. Um, I can I can give you an age on that calf, which is important because, um, like I saw this morning, Bradley, you had a a cat, the first calf born two and a half weeks early. Now was that two and a half weeks early, or was that pregnant on the previous breeding? You know, I can pick that up on ultrasound. You know what I mean? Right. And I can yeah. let you know that stuff is happening. So I I like it. I'm I'm biased. I'm a veterinarian. I want to be on your farm. So ultrasound is is where I'm at. But there's a, definitely a place for the other ones, especially blood. I I like blood tests, like Bradley said, and and especially you know we're we're in a situation where there's some areas of the country that don't have a veterinarian that's available, and if you're comfortable collecting blood, that that's a huge value to you uh, to be able to use that test. Uh, and and if you don't have access to a veterinarian, I agree with. Bradley on on blood over milk test where yeah milk I mean that has the convenience factor and so I can see why some producers would lean that way but I think yes milk will carry a lot of what's going on um you know with the cow and her body but you know to me blood usually tells you you know the things you need to know think of when we go to the doctor and they're not sure <laughs> let's do a blood test you know figure it out that way uh but I also agree with you Joe in that I think being able to do the ultrasound just for all the different reasons that you gave, you know, actual age, twins, if, you know, what else is going on and, and yeah, what are the different structures going on in there? So I think like you've already said, they all have their place. Cost is a factor, absolutely. But, you know, if, if you don't have a vet out there and you miss something and now you need to do an emergency vet call, you, you didn't save any money. <laughs> Right. And, and like what Brad said there, he had 20 rechecks in a hundred. I mean, what, what, what do you do with those? You have to resubmit a test yeah. or have the vet out to check them anyway. So I, I think the rechecks, usually what the numbers are saying that rechecks are usually only about four to 5% of the tests. Right. Um, so 20 is weird, but not unheard of. And those are ones that were, I'm trying to preg check down to 26 days. So ah, see, that's why, that's why. <laughs> So yeah. part of this you've done to yourself, right? Oh, of course, of course. It's yeah. my, it's my own. Admit it. I, I want to, I want to know if that cow's pregnant two days after I breed her. You know. Right. Yeah. Well, of course, yeah. That would be the, that would be the best solution if you know it, that she's open or pregnant as early as possible. And that, and that's, that's really the, the takeaway from a lot of this is, regardless of what method you use, you want to be using a, you want to be able to identify pregnancies and opens as early as possible. So we've been, we've been talking in dairy terms for a while here, but. But as far as the beef side too, I mean, we're not necessarily looking for the pregnant cows. That's not the the main focus of our goal when we're preg checking on the beef side for sure. And, and some similar on the dairy, we're looking for those open cows. Those cows are the cows that are important to identify. And so we, we need to look at those um, because on the beef side, there's not really a reason to be feeding that cow all winter if she's not going to produce a calf for you. Um, and if you are going to feed her, you might as well feed her knowing that she's open and get her get her fat and ready to go to market. So that's for the real reason on the beef side. So that's my plug is to get it done early. Know ahead of time. Save yourself some feed. You know, uh, there's been situations the last few years where we've been short hay, and it helps you a lot to get rid of those cows you don't really need to feed. So, Joe, what about, um, you know, false positives, you know, false negatives, that kind of thing. I mean, yeah. do you have so, any idea, maybe Bradley, on, you know, what, you know, like you kind of said, accuracy and, and all of those things with the different tests, but then, you know, kind of 
making decisions based off of some of that stuff or knowing that that may be a factor? So the big thing to know is that there, there's definitely a worse situation in my mind, right? So the, the worst situation would be a false negative. So that meaning that the test says that she's open, but she's actually pregnant. Um, that can, you know, that can end her career or as a milking cow, it can switch her career to a beef cow. That's a, that's a very bad thing to have happen. And the tests are geared that way. They're geared to be more sensitive or have less false negatives. So usually the tests are, we're looking at between two and 3% uh, on the milk and the blood test for false negatives. So if you were to test a thousand cows, 25 of those cows would be called open, but actually be pregnant. That, that's a, that's a risk you have to be willing to take. A lot of people are, are doing the test twice. So uh, the, the chances of her being a false negative both times uh, are very low. So doing it twice is the way to get around that. So then you just have to weigh, all right, is it worth it for you to have to do it twice? Or are you going to do it twice anyway? So but the, the issue is that then you're messing around with a lot of days open uh, and days mm -hmm. open are expensive, you know, anywhere from, I mean, it depends on whose estimate you use, but five to $8 a day for uh, a day open that that cow uh, didn't need to be open. And if you got 25 of them and you're, you know, yeah. thousand tests. Yeah. And a thousand tests, then you'd have, you know, 25 cows that, that were, were pregnant, but called open. And then the, the other way it works, it works the other way too. And it's actually, you know, the, it's not as bad to call a cow pregnant when she's not, but it's still a, it's still a costly thing to do. Um, and that that's running, if you're looking at the 35 to 55 days carried calf window, then, then it's 8% of the time you're going to have a false positive. So 8% of the time you're going to have a cow that's called pregnant, but she's actually open. That's a fairly big number. Uh, and that's why, again, I, I'm pushing the, the ultrasound. What, but what I, about I, the other what about the other way? I looked here. There is a cow we ultrasounded her open at 27 days, and I did a milk test 55 days, and she's now pregnant. Oh yeah. I mean, I'm not saying you that vets are vets are infallible, yeah. but um you're Immaculate also conception, what? Bradley. What vets what do you what do you mean? Yeah, I thought vets knew everything. Vets are perfect. We are we are not, uh, and you're oh. pushing your, you're pushing your vet pretty hard at 27 days. At 27 days, if you ask me if you ask me to preg check at 27 days, I'd say 90% sure she's pregnant or 90% yeah. sure she's open, and then yeah. it's up to you to figure out if you're willing to take the chance. I know, but, and that and this is a reason why I use milk and blood. So I like to do sort of reconfirms afterwards. So. Yeah. And and that's that's why I like it because it helps reconfirm, you know. I and I caught a couple of cows today that they were called pregnant at 35 days in milk ultrasound, and now it says they're open. Well, if if we don't preg check every time or get them at certain times, you know, we're we're done breeding now. So it's like, well, what do I do? I think there there's definitely room, and and the the way that I I've seen it work, it depends. It's different for every dairy. And I don't want to push this too hard because like I said, I think you should be ultrasounding, but a combination of the two is very valuable and, and it depends on what the farmer wants out of it and the risks they're willing to take. A couple of times I've set it up so that we're doing milk tests or, and or blood tests up front at the early side. And then I'm rechecking everything that was called pregnant or anything that was called a recheck uh, at a time where we can sex the fetus. 
so that that way I've got both. You know, I'm 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 confirming pretty much everything, and because the ten the test is more sensitive and there there's less chance of these false negatives. And you're still going to have them, and and that's an issue. It's definitely an issue, but by having the vet involved on the second check at that 60 day mark, I think, I think you're covering yourself pretty good. Well, I also think, you know, so here's my, we're going to put a sensor in it. Oh yeah. Oh, uh, here we go. <laughs> you know, in the future, they'll be able to, well, they, they already have in some milking systems where you can run progesterone, you know, basically do a milk pregnancy test every time that cow comes in for milking. And I think in the future, yeah, it's very expensive now, but, in the future, they'll be, you know, we'll be able to tell progesterone on that cow when she comes into milk. So we'll be able to tell exactly when to breed her. That doesn't mean she's going to be pregnant, but we'll be able to tell breeding and maybe preg check, and we'll be able to monitor pregnancy throughout the whole lactation once so it becomes Bradley, cheap would enough. That be, would that be like an inline sensor and then, you know, connect with something with her tag or whatever so they know which cow we're looking at? Yes. It, it would be an inline sensor and uh, milking systems. I know probably is going to happen in the robotic herds where you can have that yeah. information. If you, you know, it happens in D Laval herd navigator. I think you're able to te test for some pregnancy. You know, most people aren't running them daily because of the expense. It's been quite a bit of inline milk sensors for somatic cell counts. Yeah. Right. Right. I agree with Brad. We're going to, we're going to see that. And so here's where I, I put my plug in for veterinarians and veterinary students to change their skill set to not just palpating. You're still going to have to know how to do it. Uh, it's something that you you should know how to do. Got to spend a lot of time learning it. That's that's unfortunate, but it's just a numbers game. You got to do it. But you have to you have to consider that there's got to be value in what you're doing on a farm as a veterinarian that does not include palpating cows, uh, and that. That's a real deal, man. That's a big change for the industry, for the veterinary industry. And but but it's happening. I think, like Brad said, technology is going to change the game, and you got to find different ways to be valuable on farm. Bradley, have you ever palpated a cow? I have, and I can preg check at forty-five days. Forty-five uh, days. Yeah, we, you know, the old-fashioned way, checking for slip. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I can do that. Where, where uh, did you learn that? California. Uh, I was going to say course. it has to be. There's so many you know, cows get, out there. Get it down California. to 26 days, Bradley, yeah, and then exactly. we can talk. I could. That's right. We, it'd be wonderful. Yeah. What are you doing? Hey, I learned a lot working on a dairy in California. Lots of things that, you know, out there, vet, nothing against the veterinarians, but the veterinarians do a lot of preg checking, and that's about it. And, you know, herd health is, everything is so different out there when you're on that scale. But I did, I learned how to preg check out there, and it was, uh, I don't do it much anymore. I don't know. I probably couldn't do it as accurately as what I could, but yeah. Yeah. It takes a while to pick up. It takes a lot of numbers. We do, we, California is one of the places we send vet students and where a bunch of my classmates went to learn and palpate because yeah, some of those guys, that's all they do. They build in uh, planned shoulder replacements, both shoulders <laughs> towards the end of their career. It's uh, it's not an easy job. Em, I'm sure you've palpated cows. You probably went to AI school. Was in AI school. And, you know, yeah, that's, I mean, I think it's a two-week program. And you spend basically the first week just learning how to palpate cows and learning how to figure out what you're feeling for. 
Oh yeah, um, it's yeah. initially you're just stirring poop around. You don't yeah, know what's happening. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You're just praying the cow doesn't cough. That's the first week. <laughs> and um, but I know so we would you know practice just with tracks and garbage bags in the classroom, and then we went to a few farms, went to a sales barn. And it was more of, oh yeah, these are, you know, open cows that are just going to be sold for slaughter and work on your palpating and getting comfortable with the gun and everything for AI. And I had one cow, it was an old Holstein cow. I mean, like one of those old grandma cows, swing big, all of that. <laughs> and, and I'm palpating her and I'm like, I, I, I think I feel ahead or like, you know, it was something fairly sizable and hard. And I'm like, um and yeah then the instructor went in there they're like oh yeah this cow's pregnant very pregnant <laughs> it was just like okay then i don't know what uh what was going on with this cow or you know because i don't think anybody would knowingly uh you know send a pregnant cow to the sales right. barn yeah no, it's she, it's. she didn't uh, seem like she was super mean or anything. So. No, it's quite the surprise when that happens. But that, I mean, it brings up a good point, though. I mean, we're talking about human error and records, and and again, I'll put my plug in for ultrasound. I, I mean, I can tell you what's happening, and you write it down right there. Uh, information isn't changing hands a bunch of times, and having the the chance of being uh, incorrectly put down on paper or transferred electronically. But yeah, just uh, so you guys know, every time Joe mentions ultrasound, he gets a little check a little. from from I don't know who, but from somebody. Oh yeah, Here. I'm sure they send him a big envelope of cash. Feel free if you're out so. there and you work for an ultrasound company, you're listening. Uh, yeah, we could use a sponsor. That's fine. <laughs> Here's a good question for you that I have thought about: uh, Can you get your own ultrasound and teach yourself or learn yourself to do it? You know, because I'm getting an ultrasound for some projects, so can I just all start doing it myself? Or do I need to go through lots of schooling like I already have to be able to do it? So before Joe answers, I'm gonna cut in to offer some brief color commentary in that I wish all of you listening could have seen both Joe and Bradley's faces because Bradley knows he's stirring the pot, so he has the little grin, and Joe looks ready to punch something. <laughs> no, so no, with no. that, Joe, your answer. <laughs> so I knew this question was gonna come up, and, and, and it's, it's a touchy <laughs> subject, you know? I mean, it's, it's definitely been part of uh, a veterinarian skill set almost exclusively for a long time. Yeah, I have to be careful. I'm not gonna wanna step on toes here, but, but I think if you if you can figure out a way to get trained and and I think it's it's important to be under veterinary supervision to do it. I don't think you have to be a veterinarian to palpate. I'll say that. I think you should be under veterinary supervision uh, so that your skill set doesn't drift or 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 you know any kind of protocol drift over time um, when you're teaching it yourself or you, or you you initially get it set up. It's gonna it's gonna drift. There's gonna be questions that come up. All sorts of different things. But no, I don't think it's an exclusively veterinary skill. It's just an, it's a numbers game. I mean, before I felt comfortable, like truly comfortable detecting pregnancies at 30, 32 days just by hand. I mean, it was thousands of cows, thousands. Uh, and then the ultrasound is, I added that later because I wanted to be able to do it without the ultrasound first. But 
Yeah, I mean, ultrasound took a long time to get used to, and that skill set was a, it's a long one to build up. I agree. I just had to ask the question, but ultrasounds are not cheap either. You know, they're they're tens of thousands of dollars, so you're probably not going to, you know, make make that up uh, with a whole bunch of veterinary costs. So, but I agree, they have to be trained, and but. Well, and ultrasound is cool right now because you have. We used it when we were teaching a lot and I had students follow me in, in practice. We had s- screens, you can Bluetooth to them so they can see the screen while you're doing it. I tried to bring one whenever I knew there was going to be kids around at the preg check so they could watch what I was seeing and see the calf in there. Super fun, easy, great way to teach. You know, I could I could stand there with the screen and see what the student was seeing and and, and help them and guide them through it. There's all sorts of different options for that. But again, this is the same kind of subject I brought up earlier. I think veterinarians should be providing value that is not just palpation anyway. If you're looking at your practice model, if you're looking at what you do, um, palpation is definitely a still a big piece of it and you need to know how to do it. But if that were to go away and your practice model just crumbled and it was gone, then you got some thinking to do, I think. I think, I think you got you got to be thinking about what else you're doing for your clients and, and what else you're providing value for. Long story, I think if you're not a veterinarian, you can do it. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think ideally it would be done under the supervision of a veterinarian, at least loosely. But Joe prefers you just call him and pay him to do it. Yeah, absolutely. Of course. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. And I can just come and bring snacks. Snacks, hang out, sit in the (laughs) truck when you get too cold. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, there's nothing like preg checking in Morris when it's 35 below zero and it's windy. Hey, hey, and you got wide it. open. Nothing you can do about your one arm. It has to be free. Like <laughs> it's warm right. while it's warm while it's in the cow, but in between cows, it's frozen solid. Exactly. <laughs> I think that's all we got. Really, I think we got most of it covered today. There's a bunch of options. Uh, there's a place for all of them. Joe's biased. He wants you to use ultrasound. Otherwise, please find a way to have your veterinarian out there regularly if you're not going to use ultrasound and preg check. And then, yeah, definitely use blood when you can and milk when you can. Definitely as a, a confirmation, it doesn't hurt, you know, especially at those dry off checks. There's just less information you can get. But if you're aware of that and you're willing to take the risk on some of the, the false positives, false negatives, it's definitely got a place out there. We'll get to more of this. There's more to talk about. We talked about just methods today for the most part, but we got to get into more of the why behind preg checking. We'll talk, but, about re, we'll talk about repro programs and oh, all yeah. that fun stuff. So much stuff. And there's some new research out on the beef side that I'm kind of excited about. Got to read the paper through yet. It's the stuff that we talked about with Andrew when he was on. Lots to talk about still. Back to this over and over again. Probably have some experts on at some point who know, know more than us on this as well. Thank you for listening, everybody. If you have scathing rebuttals, comments, questions, ideas, send them to the Room at umn.edu. That's T-H-E-M-O-O-S-R-O-O-M at umn.edu. Please check out our website, extension.umn.edu. Check us out on Facebook at umnbeef and at umndairy. Thank you for listening, everybody. We'll catch you next week. Fly. Fly. (laughs) It's a giant fly on Brad's screen. I know. I was like, what's going on? (laughs)